Welcome back to the Man vs. Marriage podcast. I am your host, Quincy Moran, along with my co-host, Coach Rita Enos. And here we are. Man, we're going to get into a recap. I know the last episode, episode two, the recap became the show. So our producer, Ashley, has, has lovingly said, if you start dragging on this recap, I'm going to have to <laughs> reprimand you. And hopefully it's not a middle finger. But if it is, I probably deserved it. And I'm okay with that. So, Rita, um, yes. something that was heavy on your heart uh, was to clarify um, acting like a victim and that there are really victims out there. Yes. So I, I want to give you a couple minutes to go ahead and, you know, just kind of work through that. We'll talk about a couple things and we'll get on to today's topic, which is don't take it personal. Yes. Okay, you're on. You know, just just like looking back and in, in what was said last episode about being a victim, because I'm not talking about people that truly have been truly have been a victim in the sense of, gosh, there's so many different things. Um, like physical abuse. Yes. Uh, being rape. Um, right. Being, um, mentally abused, you know? Yeah. I mean, my mind is going blank because it's running so fast right now of, of some horrific things that have happened to people, um, in their lives. And, I just don't want to be insensitive in saying that and just using that word so freely about being a victim. I'm not using that in that content. I'm using it as being a victim of your circumstance in the sense of in a marriage. I'm not talking about spousal abuse. That's yeah. not what I'm talking about. This is like a different um, subject and what it is that I'm trying to... Uh, trying to speak about and I'm not doing a really good job about doing it. No, um, I, it's okay. Cause I, here's what I get. You're trying to convey and put into context the, what we're referring to exactly. as being a victim. So if something didn't go your way in your marriage, like with me in Alabama and I didn't get to move there, um, that's me playing the victim. Right. Now, if you, if you've been sexually abused, you've been raped, you've been physically abused, mentally abused, that is real victimhood right, right that's there. a whole different subject that's yeah. a whole different so, you know yeah. element of what it is that's going on there right so just to clarify we're talking about these issues or these experiences in your life that don't have to do with actual victimhood mm -hmm. and have to do being with, harmed right this is about uh your experiences your mindsets between you and your spouse or your siblings or whatever it is that you're playing the victim card right and maybe you were done wrong but now that's holding you back. That, exactly. That's got you captivated. You got it. And, you know, so that, that to me, I, I totally get it. And I appreciate you wanting to explain that because knowing you or me the, the way we do, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, the guys listening didn't take it that far, but right. I think it is good to put a disclaimer out there to say, look, there really are victims out there. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to downplay that because right. it's, it's true. And I'm sure you've worked with those victims and you know, you have firsthand account. Yes. Now, if, if it's within the confines of the context that we're uh, talking about there, that kind of victimology, you have to give your man card away. We're going to teach you how to get it back. So don't right. worry. So good. I, you made sense for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That doesn't happen often because, 
you know, I'm not nearly <laughs> as awesome as Rita is, but that's okay. I think, um, I think we got the point across well. Yes. Producer I Ashley, hope. is it a thumb or a middle finger? Oh, thumbs up. I scored. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I'm excited to be a part of episode three, Man Versus Marriage. Um, and, you know, one thing that we want to make sure that you, you know is that you have got to get off the bench and you've got to get in the game. And that's where the tools that we're, that we're handing out to you right now, th those are the tools that are going to help you if you work on your craft. You know, my football coach used to say, practice does not make perfect. Right. Perfect practice makes perfect. And so what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to work on these things until we can't get them wrong. We're just taking it next level. You, guy, driving to work or home from work or in the gym or out for a walk, wherever you are, take these tools. Man up. Take the tools. Begin to apply them to your life. And that way, you know, we're kind of revolutionizing what it is with men and with marriage and what part that they play. So today's episode... Don't take it personal. Wow. I don't, I looked down the list of episodes we have and I didn't see one that was easy. And <laughs> I don't see one that's easy. Yes. And this one, oh my gosh. I, this was like early on in coaching where you told Jeannie and I, you guys cannot take things personal. I thought I was good at not taking things personal already. Wrong. No. Loser. I wasn't good at it. It is an art form. You have got to put work in to understanding um, when, you're, when your spouse tells you something. It's all got to be respectful, but your spouse has got to have a place, a soft place to land. Exactly. They got to be able to voice their opinion without, being, without the worry that you're going to retaliate. And, you know, so uh, how did, where, every episode I, I like to try and start with an experience for me. And, and that'll help. And you, you guys seeing me and all the ridiculous things that I've done in my marriage um, and where I'm coming from so that Rita can help coach us through these situations. Because that's what we need. We need help. Um, so here it was. Um, I covered it briefly in uh, the opening episode. Uh, at this point in my life where this experience is, I was working a full-time job. Um, let's, let's get the, the fingers going here. Working a full-time job. I was doing a clothing line. I was trying to restart real life music, the best music, this side of the cross. Um, I was also coaching football five or six days a week. Uh, I was married, had kids and had really no idea what I was doing. Uh, this was me leaving my wife home uh, with eight kids and those kids started at around age 10 and went down to zero. So my wife is home doing all this alone while I'm out chasing the world. And my biggest passion, like if you're from Alabama and you love football and you coach football, you don't stop. You don't stop coaching football. The dream is to go coach football. So I'm here. I'm a volunteer, but I'm, well, I'm a coach, but I'm not getting paid. Right. But I'm out chasing something. So my wife finally gets to the point. I mean, we would have uh, coaches meetings at my house with my kids running around watching film. And I was just always gone. I was gone. I tried to schedule my life by the minute, 
so that each person would get what I felt was enough time. Right. So we're sitting in the chairs, we're in the Lazy Boys, we're talking, and she's looking at me, and she just starts bawling. I mean, it's that, you know, the ugly cry face bawling, tears on tears and snot, everything's there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Right. And she's like, I can't do this alone anymore. You hear that silence? My heart stopped beating. It's like, what are you talking about? You can't do this anymore. I'm here, you know, for 6.7 minutes every day before I leave for work. I give you this much attention. and You know, it's like. You had it down. Yeah. It's like I was trying to schedule myself that way mm-hmm. so that everybody gets enough time, but I still get to go out and chase this dream and make a better life for my family. That was the whole premise for all these things I was doing. Um, and she says, I need you at home. I can't do this anymore. And she is just bawling her eyes out. Um, and just then I started to lift my foot towards my mouth so I could shove it in there real hard. I could just shove my, my foot in my mouth because the thought that was getting ready to come out, I felt personally attacked because she's like, where are you? You're not here. I can't do it by myself. And I thought, I got to say this. I made a personal commitment to my coaches in that football team, and they need me. They need me out there. And I stopped. And I, I, it's like I turned around within myself and looked at what I just said inside myself, and I said, are you stupid? Gosh, that sounds just like the pastor who was counseling me. <laughs> it was an epidemic. Was he on to something? <laughs> yeah, I was stupid. <laughs> um, so I, I thought there, and I said, hold on a minute. Wait. Wait right there. Because there was a time in my life where I felt like I had to be a pastor. My papa was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. I couldn't live unless I was a pastor. And then there was a time in my life where I said, I have wanted nothing to do with this. And then there was a time in my life where I said, I have to be a football coach. But what settled in me in those few moments, so I didn't say it, was this. What was the common theme I heard from pastors and football coaches? If I had to do it all over again, I would have spent more time with my family. You can't get that back. No. You can't get it back. So I stopped right there. And in that moment, I kind of made a decision to say, I have to do something differently here. Now, I could have, I did take it personal per se, but the conversation could have went so different if I would have decided to say what was bubbling up to come out of my mouth, how horrible that would have been. Because the, actually the commitment I made long before I became a coach was to my wife and exactly. my family. Um, so I had to stop myself there. And that was one of those, that was one of those uh, life-changing moments where I said, you know what? You know who really needs you is your wife and kids. So what, what are you doing? What are you chasing? Um, so that's one of the many experiences there where my wife had to have a hard conversation with me. Now, look, she knows I'm a fanatic when it comes to football. Um, she knows I'm a, I love Alabama football. I, I love to watch football. I love to break it down. I get, it just brings me so much joy and satisfaction, the game. Right. So her building up the courage to say this was monumental. Yeah, it was <laughs> monumental. So that was the day I decided it was time for me to leave coaching. 
Um, it could have went so much worse, though, because I did take it personal in the beginning. But she, and why was that? Why, when you when you look back, why was it that you took it personal? Like not to take it from where it is that she was coming from? Because, um, you know, yet when you're young and you're, you're married and you're having kids, you're struggling financially. Right. We were struggling financially, which is common. But it's like, don't you see what I'm trying to do for this family? I'm sacrificing all this time with you guys for the opportunity to make a better life. Mm-hmm. When the better life was really being there with them. It was right in front of you and you were just missing it. I was missing it. Yeah, I, I will never forget the way that Jeannie looked when she was bawling. I mean, I've never seen her cry that hard. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad I didn't say those, those boys and those coaches, they need me. I'm glad I had a moment to stop and realize that my wife and my family needed me the most. And I stopped and reinvested myself. And it's through some of these conversations that we had, I realized what I was really doing. Um, but yeah, that's the way we're going to kick off. Don't take it personal. Um, how was that? Great. <laughs> Gives a, me a lot to work with. Yes, it does. I see that smile on your face too, which, uh, which is scary. <laughs> it's, it's scary, but it's good. So... This is just, it's just an interesting conversation because of the culture that we live in, you know, the era that we live in, um, because it's all about me. We live in that culture that, you know, I'm looking out for number one. No one else is looking out for me. So, so we have that almost inbreded in us. So when anything, when anything or anybody comes against the number one, we lash out, we have to defend ourselves. We have to protect ourselves and we need to make sure that that other person understands that and, and it, and it doesn't matter in what way that it's going to come out. So it is always interesting to me to bring up this subject when you are dealing with a marriage couple in front of you is you can see the dialogue that's happening between them is that what is happening is both of them are taking this very personal instead of stepping back and allowing your spouse to have that freedom to feel, to think, to go through those emotions of what it is that they're going through at that moment. Yeah. With, out you taking it personally, even though it is about you. Yeah. And it is so hard to, to step outside of yourself and allow someone to express their feelings, their thoughts, their emotions to you when you're the prime suspect. Right. <laughs> and um, it does take a big person. It does take you just taking a deep breath or just swallowing um, to listen to what this person is saying to you, not this person, but you know, your spouse that's sitting right. before you is to really take to heart what it is that they're trying to express to you that you are going to be able to shut down all dialogue that's going on in your head in that moment, instead of thinking about what is the next thing that I could come back with. Yeah. And I, and so many times because we are so selfish 
we do take everything so personally. We think everything is about us. Yes. That when conversations happen and those hard things need to be talked about, we instantly start taking everything so personal when, in fact, all I'm trying to do is express myself so that you can understand where it is that I'm coming from. Yes. And we don't allow that a lot of times in relationships. And so what happens is that resentment builds up. You know, we have our own conversations with ourselves of how it is that, you know, we're going to have the hard conversation. Right. And we dialogue with ourselves. Uh, well, if she says this, then I'm going to say that. If she, if he says this, then I'm going to come back with this. Well, remember, I mean, we just have this whole conversation built up in our head instead of just sitting down and really having those hard things that need to be talked about. And like you said, it's, it's creating that soft place to land. Yes. It's having that ability to say it's safe that we come together and we can have a conversation we're going to talk about these things and I'm going to try everything within me not to take it personally and to see where it is that you're coming from. And hopefully that we can move forward from this, from this, um, whatever conflict that we're having. Yeah. And, and the thing for me is it's like, it seemed impossible at one point because when, you know, maybe she's just airing out her frustrations and saying, you know, whether it's groceries or trying to pay the mortgage or trying to pay for car insurance or want to, you know, the kids need diapers or whatever the thing is when she's complaining about it, here I was hearing, you're not enough. You're just not enough. You're not enough for me. You're just not enough for me. What you're doing is not good enough. That's not what she meant. That's how I took it. Right. And then when she says, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. What I'm hearing again is I'm still not enough. Right. Look, look at all the things I'm trying to look at all the sleep I'm losing. Look at all these things I'm trying to do. So you made it all about you instead of her. Yes. The needs of what she was expressing to you. It just like switched that quick that Mm -hmm. this is all about me. This is how I'm taking what you're saying to me because it's that inner dialogue that's going on in your head and even though you may not be expressing it verbally, but your whole body language of what it is that you're telling her, and most likely she's just shutting down, shutting down, shutting down, shutting down. Yeah. Where one day she just is just in that state of just crying and bawling her eyes out because she's came to that point of such frustration. She has no other way to get it out. Yeah. And then just, you're sitting there like, wait, what? What? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely, I absolutely personalized all her frustrations. Um, to she's not to say that she was talking about the frustrations, but it all came back to me. It was all me, and I was the source of all her pain. Right. You know, because I it was it was me who was providing for the family. Mm-hmm. You know, she's home. She's watch. She's raising the children, which is harder than any job I've ever had. I promise you that. But I did personalize it all to me into saying, "What you're you're not adequate. You're not enough. You're not going to be enough. You have to do more so that you can be enough." One of these areas, the shirts, the, the clothing line, the, the coaching, the radio, one of these will finally take off. And then finally you will be enough. 
when she wasn't even saying I wasn't enough. Right. I took it. I made it all about me. And now um, I made myself a victim again. And uh, see man. how that works. It's yeah. just, it's really interesting how that unravels itself in the, in the mixture of all of it in, in what it is that you're, um, it's, it, it, and it could just be such a simple conversation and we just instantly turn it all about us. Yeah. And when you do that, then of course you're making it about you and your hardships and woe is me. And you know, don't you see me doing this and don't you see me doing that? Yeah. When in turn, it's just, just shut up and listen. <laughs> That's right. Just listen to what it is. And it could be either way. I'm not just saying husbands do this. Wives do it too. Yes. It's like we there has to be some part of us that has to shut down at certain moments and truly listen to what it is that our spouse is trying to tell us. True. And and that's this was right around the same time where I was kind of rewriting my personal philosophy. And I'll just keep referring to this probably in every single episode. Um, but it was where I developed this, this portion of my philosophy that said, listen more and talk less. And it's exactly what you said. It's like, I've got to stop formulating a response for everything that my spouse is saying and just authentically listen with an open mind so that we can begin to communicate because we, we weren't, it was like, you know, uh, it was like presidential debate time. <laughs> You're saying something. I hear something. I start formulating a response and everything else you said, I didn't listen to because I, I have to get you. Right. I got to get you because you attacked me. So I got to attack back. Right. You know, I, I, I can't allow myself to be attacked. I got to feel justified. Mm -hmm. So these are all the things I'm going to think about. So I can justify them because remember last week, uh, well, whatever you did to me, I got to make sure you know about that to distract you from where I'm taking everything personal. And that's the way that it would go. Right. Until that moment where fortunately somehow I stood up on the inside and said, stop. Because what I think what's important for me as a guy is to allow my, my, my spouse, to allow my wife to say these hard things, not personalize them, but to say, okay, this is just where it's at. Whatever her perception or my perception is, that's the reality we're living in. So what can I do now? Right. From this moment on, once it's out on the table, what can I do now so that we can start working towards the common good for our relationship? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, hard talk. You know, there's the buzzword. Whatever your buzzwords become. Um, it's time for us to sit and talk. You prepare yourself. You don't prepare yourself to retaliate. Those are the dreaded words. Yeah. We need to talk. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. And so you, you, so to prepare yourself, you say, you know what? I'm just going to commit to letting her say everything she needs to say. Just let her get it off her chest. And then I'll take it. I'll chew on it. I'll digest it. I'll tell her what's hard for me to hear. Because mm -hmm. this is really hard for me to hear. And then you use your own tactics. You say, this is what I hear you saying. Is that what you meant? And she'll say, yeah, that's what I meant. And you'll say, that's very difficult for me to listen to. Right. That's hard for me to hear. That just happened two weeks ago between Jeannie and I. Mm -hmm. When we were talking about buying a house. And that she couldn't, she couldn't come to a place anymore 
where she could get excited about the thought of getting another house because she was crushed about this particular situation. Right. And that particular situation involved me and my words. So there I, you know, I made it personal and I was the source of crushing her. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is really hard for me to hear right now. I got to put that out there because I don't want resentment to build up within right. me because then I'll start treating her out of that place of resentment. Mm -hmm. And that's a killer. That's a killer of your relationship. Right. You know, all that does is that puts gaps between you and those are hard, really hard to bring back together. So yeah, you can, you can, I was uh, just going to say, it's all in the approach. It's how you approach the conversation. It's, it's what is the motive behind it? Is it, is it truly that we come to a resolution or is it just to fight to fight? Yes. You know, it, it does take a lot of work to get to that place because, um, I always call it, you know, it's either the Pandora's box that you're ready to open it's the white elephant sitting in the room that nobody wants to talk about. It's everything that's swept under the carpet that hasn't talked about for years. And you're standing with this big, huge carpet in front of you and nobody wants to have these hard conversations. And it's, it's how you have created your marriage when it's come to that point that you are so um, disengaged. You both really aren't listening. Right. Um, it really doesn't matter what that other person is saying. We're going to take it personal anyway. So it's almost like you have to start somewhere. Like mm -hmm. someone has to throw in the white tail. Someone has to be the hero in this. Who's going to step up to the occasion and say, okay, enough is enough. Like yes. we really got to start getting down to the nitty gritty, to the issues that it's those hard conversations um, everyone's talking, but they're not talking about what needs to be talked about. True. So going into those conversations, if you have not created within your relationship, a soft place to land, if you haven't created in your relationship, um, to give each other grace to make mistakes, I think a lot of times that's where I often fell short in my own marriage is that I never allowed my husband to make a mistake. It's like, because I set him on such a, a pedestal of this perfect man that had all the answers to all the world problems mm -hmm. <laughs> that when he fell short on a certain day and he wasn't like what he says to be on, it's like, you have to be on every day. When is it that I, that I get to just be yeah, and not have to be on in the sense of making sure your needs are met, making sure the kids are, you making sure the house, making sure this, making sure. And when he said that to me, it's like, I never really realized the amount of pressure that a man carries to have everything right. Yes. If that makes any sense. Oh, you're talking to the right guy. Absolutely. Um, you know, so it was in, it was me being insensitive of not seeing where it was that he was coming from because I took everything personal. Mm. So in, in doing, if you're not, if you haven't created this environment that is cohesive yeah. with what it is that you both are trying to accomplish, then you're going to be batting heads for a while until someone could come in 
kind of be the referee, throw in, throw the white flag and say, all right, like what has happened has happened. How is it that we could move forward and let's not take everything personal. Let's, let's work through this. Exactly. Because sometimes you just need that other person to come in with clear eyes and, and have no emotions invested whatsoever. Right. Because in those, in those moments, in those instant, it's just like the emotion of everything is such at a high pinnacle that it's just like, okay, we just need to put those down just, just for a minute and let's just look at this with on a clean slate. Yes. Was which sometimes is very very hard to do. Extremely it's excruciating to do that. Yeah. You know, and it, so many things that you said one thing that I would say <clears throat> to you guys is this. Listen guys, let me get your ear here. Rita said that uh, somebody needs to be the hero. And I think us as dudes, we all want to be Hercules or Superman. Um, somebody's got to throw in the white towel, okay? So why not you? Why not take it upon yourself to be the hero in your marriage and say, I'm willing. Yes, you're supposed to be the strong one. Yes, you're the, supposed to be the one that doesn't have any feelings. Yes, you're the one that's supposed to not take things personal. But why don't you be the hero in your marriage here and make the decision that you're going to stop taking things personally and you're going you're gonna to create a place a soft place for your spouse to land. Because listen, you're a goon, bro, just like me. Somewhere, someday, somebody's going to say something to you and you're going to realize it years later, yeah, you're a dope. Because what have, we, what have we done to invest in our marriage? Right. To learn how to be married. Nothing. You do what you see. You do what your parents did. And if you're like me and you have a divorced family, you're really screwed up. So it's fine. You're a dope. I was a dope. But now you have the opportunity to make the comeback and be a hero. Don't take it personal. It takes practice. Explain to her what you're doing, but don't go do it right away. Start the process on yourself. Fine, share it with your buddies. But start the process on yourself so you can begin... You can begin... Um, the journey to not taking things personal. Right. Very important. Be the hero. Step up. Be the one. I think if, you're, if your wife sees that my, my husband is, I mean, what girl doesn't want a hero? That's I mean, right. whether it's your wife, she, she wants to be treated like the queen, like a princess, and she wants somebody to save her. I mean, I'm just talking about that, just that, Oh, Prince Charming, come save me type thing. I got seven daughters and they all look at this. Somebody be my hero. Right. So step up. Be the hero. And this, this is just another tool that will start to transform your life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we have a, another homework lined up or if we're going to wrap it up here. I think we'll wrap it up here. Okay. So we'll wrap it up here. I think we did give you plenty. You know, maybe go back and listen to this episode again, because chances are you stopped listening and you started thinking, um, and there's some things that you, that you missed. Um, but how do you get in touch with us? How do you get in touch with man versus marriage? Very good question, sire. I'm talking to you like you're a, a knight in shining armor now, because you are going to be the hero. I demand it. Go be the hero. All right. So you can email us, man versus marriage podcast at gmail.com. 
That's man vs marriage podcast at gmail.com. Uh, how about our Twitter handle? Let's go at MVSM podcast. That's MVSM, like man versus marriage podcast. Or join us on the Facebook group, Man vs Marriage Podcast. Get in on it. So, for another exciting episode um, of Man versus Marriage, the podcast, I am Quincy Moran. She is Rita Enos, our producer, Ashley. We're all just saying it. Say, say go, go be the hero. One, two, three. Go, go be, be the, the hero. hero. All right, we'll see you on the next one.